Hey, this is Amanda, women's health dietitian. And I'm Emily, nutritional therapy practitioner. And this is the Are You Menstrual podcast, where we help you navigate the confusing world of women's hormones and teach you how to have healthy periods. Each week, we will be diving into a different topic on women's health and sharing our perspective using nutrition, female physiology, and metabolic health. Our goal is to help you wade through conflicting health information and empower you on your healing journey. We hope you enjoy it. In this episode, we are discussing the postpartum journey and how you can support your body during this time with Kim Perez. Kim is a functional nutritionist supporting women through the transition into motherhood and beyond. Her own health journey, especially the struggles she experienced postpartum, have catalyzed her mission to help other mamas regain vibrant health after having babies and feel happy and at home in their bodies. Through her signature method, Kim helps women uncover root causes of depletion and imbalance and learn to fully nourish and strengthen their bodies, especially in the face of the demands of motherhood. Through her one-on-one work, group programs, and online education, she carries out her mission of helping more moms feel good because not only are we worthy of that, but we all truly require it. If you're wanting to learn more about the preconception and prenatal stuff, we did that in the previous two episodes. I'm super excited to be with Kim today. We actually used to have a podcast together and we had this whole like balance babes method that we created. So I feel like this is like, you know, bringing me back to the days we used to record. (laughs) Thanks so much for having me, Amanda. I'm so excited. So let's start with your specific like hormone healing journey and what kind of brought you to not only women's health, but I'm very interested in why you decided to pivot a little bit and support women in that transition to motherhood? It's been a roller coaster. It started very early on. Like many women, I had super erratic periods and they were insanely painful and nobody ever gave me any support for that other than birth control, which like I fought for a little while, but I finally gave into it because that was the solution that was offered to me and obviously didn't fix anything. While I was on the pill, I started having really intense anxiety. My digestive issues that I'd struggled with you know, on and off since childhood, just intensified. And I was like, I had this light bulb moment where I'm like, I'm putting these fake hormones in my body, essentially. I'm not fixing anything. And I had this deep fear in me, like, when I go off this, what's going to happen? It's all just going to come back. And I knew that I wanted to have a family one day. And so I just had to, like, take matters into my own hands. And really, you know, I dove into learning about nutrition and learning about how all of my habits were impacting my body and You know, I really was in a great place where I was coasting for a while or so I thought. And then I got pregnant and had a fairly enjoyable experience. It wasn't anything too intense. I felt pretty good. But postpartum rocked my world. And I just realized that, A, I realized, man, we're doing postpartum wrong in our society and we're not fully preparing women. And then I also realized, like, I really, really was intentional about my health. I was really intentional about planning for postpartum. And if this hit me this hard, this has to be happening to other women. And I just realized there was a major gap. And so I did make that pivot because I just feel that one of my biggest frustrations with women's health and nutrition in general is that we're not taught enough about our bodies and what to expect. And I think that that is so true for postpartum. And I think there's more information coming out. And I think there's a big focus, obviously, on pregnancy. But then you have the baby and it's like, what happens? Now it's all about the baby. And I think that we really need to change that narrative and support moms. Because in reality, like the family unit, 
it's not going to be healthy if mom isn't healthy, if mom isn't happy and nourished and fulfilled. And so that was a big catalyst for my kind of pivot into supporting women postpartum. You were always like very open with sharing about, you know, how you had like somewhat irregular cycles and it was like crazy and the pill and everything, but you've been very open and transparent about your postpartum journey. I would even say like pregnancy too. You have a lot of great posts on like body image within pregnancy and like after. So if anyone's struggling with that, like definitely check out Kim's Instagram at Root and Branch Nutrition. I think the biggest thing is this postpartum period. So when I was playing this whole series of like pre- preconception, prenatal, postpartum, one, I feel like we could probably do like a million episodes on all of these, but two, like you were the first person I thought of because you've shared those struggles and think about it like you are a nutritionist and you work in this world this is like your whole life and you did a bunch of research I remember when you were pregnant it's like a lot of that focus shifted even like before when you were guys were like planning on getting pregnant and it's like if that kind of a person can't you know I don't want to say like thrive through postpartum but if you are feeling like you're just kind of surviving and having a really hard time it's you're totally right it's like what is the general person supposed to feel like and I think it's really cool because I was even talking to Marie and Kristen from Wise and Well in our menopause episode about how it's so great that you know we're talking about our cycles now like women have a better understanding which I think is so important I think that is what is kind of getting women to this place where it's like okay, like I kind of understand my cycle. I know how to track my ovulation, hopefully. Um, and they're kind of on this journey. They they know how to prepare their bodies for pregnancy. Uh, but again, it's kind of like, what do I expect postpartum? You know, like what's kind of happening? Like what are the shifts that are happening in my body? Because um, I'm like, think about it. You're growing a human for nine months. You know, that's a lot of work on your body. And then labor is so intense. And it's like, basically like running a marathon. What do you think are some of the biggest areas of depletion that women are dealing with that could be impacting them during that postpartum time period? I love that the term postpartum depletion is getting like, you know, more focused because it's such a real thing. But I think that there are, like you said, there's so many different areas that we can be depleted. And I know there's a huge nutrition piece of things, right? Like growing a baby, it takes nutrition. It takes nutrients from our bodies essentially to give to our babies. And I don't, I think that there's more focus again on prenatal nutrition, but not enough. It's just not this like deep nourishment that we need. And women come to postpartum and they're lacking key nutrients. Their minerals are out of balance. And so there's a big piece of that. Obviously the physical exertion of labor and like the physical recovery is so nutrient demanding for moms after having babies. Sleep, all of that, we know those things like you're not going to be sleeping so great, especially early on. The one thing I think that I didn't fully consider and I think a lot of moms don't fully consider is the stress piece of things. And I think it's this image that we have of moms doing it all and moms, you know, you just kind of pushing through and yeah, you're not going to sleep, but that's okay. You can still hit the gym and like all this stuff. Right. And I want there to be more focus on the stress side of things because every mom is going to go through some very different scenario and have a unique experience of her own. There's just such a widespread amount of different stresses that can impact you postpartum, but even prior And so something that I like to get across to women is that, yes, postpartum depletion is a real thing for sure, but it's not just postpartum. It's 
like kind of look back and where are the roots of that potentially set prior to pregnancy and the stressors in your life and the histories of dieting and food restriction and whatnot that could bring you to that place where now it's just that much more intense. And, you know, maybe that's why it is more intense for some people because they're entering pregnancy in a more depleted state or like maybe they have that history of like really restrictive eating us. But I just know so many women that have had health issues for a long time. And so, you know, they've are, they've eliminated X, Y, and Z and they've tried to figure stuff out. Maybe they've done like food sensitivity testing. They're already only eating a limited number of foods and then you're pregnant. And it's like, I mean, truly you're, you should really be preparing your body for pregnancy so that, you know, it's not as big of a demand, but we lose, you know, about 10% of our minerals during pregnancy. So of course there's going to be depletions there. When you say stress and like wanting that to be a big focus, what are some of the key nutrients that are going to be depleted with that stress that you're experiencing postpartum? Yeah. So obviously the first one's going to be magnesium. We know that's like burned through (laughs) first, but then we have our electrolytes. We have our sodium potassium, so key for our adrenal function. And I know for myself and you saw my HTMA, like my sodium potassium were plummeted. Um, And because of like that burnout, that kind of, and I also think like a lot of women are are going through that where they're in that fight or flight for so long and then they kind of crash postpartum and that was totally um, what happened with me. And then if you throw history of dieting in there, if you've been on low carb diets, if you've been avoiding quality animal proteins and saturated fats, you know, your, your vitamin A, your retinol. Um, so yeah, those were some of the key ones. I know that was very true for myself, but I've seen it on a lot of women that I'm working with, um, now and lots of copper iron dysregulation too. I think the postpartum probably like, I mean, most people do their hair tests like around three to six months postpartum, I would say that I work with. Um, But I have a lot of women that test in the third trimester as well, just to kind of see what's going on or even like blood work to go along with that. And vitamin A is always low. Like it's always low. And these are women that are eating beef liver. They're supplementing beef liver. A lot of them then need to start taking cod liver oil. But yeah, it's it's pretty interesting how vitamin A gets so depleted. So I really stumbled into so much like unlearning and relearning postpartum that I you know, can't beat myself up. Like I wish that there were things that I'd learned before. And I kind of took a look back at like all the popular prenatals and like even the very mainstream pregnancy recommendations. And we know that like vitamin A, you're not getting preformed vitamin A in your prenatal or at least enough of it. And you're really, you know, you're pushed to not consume vitamin A at risk of toxicity, right? Like that's a big nutrient that they focus on, like don't eat too much vitamin A. And the focus is obviously not on the right things, right? And so there's that side. And then also like I found some studies more recently about cultures that eat a ton of liver, like you said, and eat a lot of these vitamin A-rich foods and are still depleted because of the way that pregnancy transfers those nutrients to the baby. It's really, really, really interesting. And I also find it so interesting, like the foods that were rich in vitamin A are the things that I craved during pregnancy, like uncontrollably craved during pregnancy. And yeah, so I think that's got a lot to do with that mainstream advice and 
information around what we should and should not be eating when we're pregnant. Even though it's when we look at the studies, and so many people have debunked this, Weston A. Price, even Lily Nichols in her Real Food for Pregnancy book, The Dietitian, she talks about how all the studies with vitamin A and birth defects are synthetic vitamin A. It's not the same as the vitamin A that you get from beef liver or cod liver oil or something like that. So yeah, that's like a very big one that I see. And then when that vitamin A goes down, what I tend to see is like either excess iron, but usually like excess copper in that postpartum period. And that's when, you know, that can lead to excess estrogen. And a lot of the times it's just like mental, emotional turmoil when copper is really high because it can get stored in the brain. So it's just interesting. And it's kind of like if we really understood what was happening in the body, because we're still learning all this stuff, which blows my mind. I was reading the other day how we're still learning about how babies develop in utero. I'm like, wait, Wait, we haven't figured this out yet? This is crazy. And same thing with, I think about like pregnant women, like your needs absolutely change for second and third trimester, but we don't talk about that, right? Even like we're just like given blanket statements and I understand the need for blanket statements to keep things simple and to like reach more people. But it's, I feel like in my opinion, third trimester, vitamin A is such an issue. And then because so many women are afraid of it, that gives them postpartum issues because of copper imbalances. 100%. And I always think like if men were having babies, we would have figured this stuff out a long time ago. It's so funny how it's just like pushed aside, but you're right. And it's just this like, oh, just take this prenatal and just eat whatever you want. You're eating for two. Um, And I'd love, and I found that to be so interesting postpartum, like postpartum depression and postpartum mental health issues. There is like very blanketed statements around those. And it's more so like women thinking like, oh, just because I had a baby, I'm, you know, biochemically, this is going to happen without understanding like the nutrient components of things. And if I did like a quick Google search on copper, like high copper or copper toxicity and mental health, I was like, oh man, I check off all these boxes. Wasn't that I was copper toxic necessarily. It was because of the way that, you know, all of my nutrients and my body wasn't processing that and it was unbound. And like, how is nobody recognizing this in the postpartum, you know, health space that nutrients matter for our our mental health, not just our physical health. I know. And there is that one... OBGYN that does talk about it. I think I sent you her YouTube video. I'll link it in the show notes, but she, I mean, I don't love the term copper toxicity. I think that that's not the case, right? It's not that we have too much copper. It's that our body's not using it because we need vitamin A in order for it to use it, but we're using all that vitamin A to make more red blood cells, right? Because your, your, your blood volume is doubling. And so, and then of course, you know, third trimester, you're giving baby all that copper, So it's like a huge copper download to their liver that's going to require vitamin A. So I think it's this like combination of like deficiency, but then also like a lack of knowledge. And then it's hard because some women will take medication for anxiety. I see that a lot postpartum, which I think is totally fine. Take what is going to help get you through this season of your life. But then they often suffer unwanted symptoms when they're on it, when they come off. And it's like then this already challenging time in their life of postpartum, especially if you're a new mom and you've never done this before, it just gets even harder and harder. So I totally agree that that mental, emotional health aspect is huge. And that's going to affect your stress and your minerals too. So a lot of this idea is like, yes, we have postpartum depletion, but we also, a lot of us are entering pregnancy 
in a depleted state, whether that be like mentally, emotionally, nutritionally, um, even like calorie energy wise, like metabolic state, you know, how is that, how is your body utilizing energy? A lot of us are already entering it in that state. So that's what you're saying is like even a probably a bigger contributor to that postpartum depletion. Absolutely. Because if you look back historically and in traditional cultures, like this is not, this is not as big of an issue. I mean, it's sure exacerbated by like modern life, but, you know, also thinking back, like I'm thinking back to my mom who was pregnant with me in the era of like low fat diets. And like, so it's, it is more of a modern issue because so many things are compounded now and so much more widespread. Like we're all hustling, dieting, restriction, use of hormonal birth control and things like that that are already depleting us and it just fuels that fire. Hey, Amanda here, just giving you a quick break, hopefully a a break for your brain in the middle of this podcast episode to remind you that if you haven't gone through our free training, Optimizing Hormone Health Through Mineral Balance, we really do recommend starting there. And the main reason for that is because you're going to hear us say things like mineral foundation, having a solid foundation, are you putting the foundations in place? Especially what was we get deeper and deeper into different hormonal topics and specific imbalances in the body, the, the mineral foundation it's always going to be so essential. So if you haven't watched the free training, you can find it in our show notes or you can go to hormonehealingrd.com and it's going to be right on that front page there. But we really recommend starting there so that you can understand how is your current mineral status? How do you assess this and how to get started with all that just so you can get as much as you possibly can out of the rest of the podcast episodes. But that's it. I hope you enjoy the rest of this episode. It's interesting too, because, you know, like Weston A. Price, they're really big on like your current health and nutrition status is going to impact your baby's baby, <laughs> like their nutritional status. And you can see it like they have a lot of cool pictures on their website of like how you can actually correct those deficiencies. And then you can see it in their facial structures and everything. Some of this stuff is out of our control. Like you can't control how your mom ate and that there was like a low fat fat during that time. You know, it's like, it is what it is. But I, I just think a lot of this is like powerful. And if you are someone that entered pregnancy depleted, you don't know to do better until you learn. So it's like, you can't beat yourself up. It's just more of like learning this stuff now so that in the future, if you ever need it again, you can apply it. But speaking of that, like what are some helpful ways that moms can prepare for the postpartum time period, both like nutritionally, mental health, stress, all that stuff? I think that one of the best things to start with, and I do this a lot with women in my practice, is just like creating a game plan. What is your perceived timeline of things? Obviously, postpartum is going to throw wrenches into it. But like, what is your general plan for what you you know hope to be doing to support yourself? What healing supports are you going to need? Having conversations with your partner about who's going back to work when, things like that, who's going to help with childcare, just that open communication, setting up your appointments for any providers that you're going to be using. Something that I remember doing, and I think this is so helpful, is like making a list like outside of the typical postpartum care and newborn life, like what do you need to be healthy and and well? And I remember I made a list and I put it on my fridge of like, these are the things that bring me joy. So that every day I saw that and I thought like, can I do this for 10 minutes? Can I do this for, you know, five minutes? Whether it's just like getting outside, reading a book. So having that support too, because a lot of the stuff is so heavy and you need that aspect 
in your healing as well and also to feel like you. So just having whatever that looks like for you, what is that first like three months gonna look like? What do you need? Who do you need? And doing what you can to start setting that up for yourself before you get to that point. I think that's, I love the whole making the list and putting it somewhere you can see it. Kim is a list queen. If you ever if you follow Kim list. on Instagram, you'll just <laughs> see like all her lists. I love it. I have like a written planner. Like I use Google Calendar for everything, but I have to like, I have to write my stuff down every day. Like I can't go like digital for everything. But I know we used to always have like so many lists. We used to work at Kettlebell Kitchen together many, many yes. moons ago. Which um, required many lists. <laughs> which required a lot of lists, guys. Okay. Like if you've ever ordered from Kettlebell, but just let us know. Reach out to me on Instagram. Um, I would love to connect with you. That's amazing. Who I just can't believe they closed. It's just crazy to think about. One thing that I think about is how, you know, especially if it's your first child, like you are transitioning from being like one person into being a whole new. It's not like you aren't still yourself, but it's like now you're a mom and you're responsible for this life. And, you know, a lot of what you're a typical priorities are are now like moved way down the list. So I really like that idea of like keeping the things you enjoy a priority. And like, it mean, it forces you to figure out what is most important, what does help make you feel like yourself. Definitely. And I think that, you know, having that information for yourself is important, but having it for your partner, your family, whoever's going to be supporting you. And something that I remember I read and we never implemented it, but it was to have like a dry erase board or a chalkboard or something in your house where you literally list out like things that you need to have done maybe around the house or foods that you need or whatever so that anytime somebody came over to visit the baby you can and they ask what you need you have some place to direct them to and so that's a great place especially with food and I even know clients that will print out recipes and like when the parents or somebody asks like this is something that I need setting up a meal train like having supports for your your nourishment as well and again yes you knowing what you need is so important so that you can be aware and you can advocate, but also you can't do it all yourself. And so having the other people in your life be aware of those things, if you hire a postpartum doula, like things like that, so that when you're so focused on this baby, which we're, you're going to be, and that's important, you're not falling to the wayside and your basic self-care needs are not being neglected. And you know what? Like people always ask, what can I do to help? Like, let me know if you need anything. That is the one thing I hear all the time. Like, obviously, we're a military family. We move all the time. A lot of times I'm moving without my husband. And people reach out to me and I'm like, they think that I'm going to tell them that I'm good, but I don't do that anymore. Because I'm like, if you're going to reach out to me, I'm going to take advantage of this because I do need help. And I think as women, I don't for myself. My husband makes dinner most nights. I don't care. I just feel really guilty. We're definitely more like 50-50 partners, whereas before it's like I just took on wanting to do everything and be in charge of everything in the house because that's how I grew up. And I just thought that that's what I was supposed to do, but that's not realistic. And then add a baby into the equation. And it's like, you are asking for burnout. You are asking to run yourself into the ground. So when people ask you, think about it, you're going to be exhausted, most likely, um, probably just excited to have someone around. And so it's really easy to have those moments become fleeting. And then you're like, oh, no, I'm good. I don't need anything. And then later you're like, God, I really wish I asked them to do this, this, and this. So I love that idea of having it written down and being like, oh, actually there's a binder or like a list in the kitchen. And if you honestly, anything you feel like you want to do, like go for it, it would be such a huge help because people will like bring stuff you don't really need, bring food you're not actually going to want to eat. 
And it does, it's not actually helpful. People want to help. Think of family, you know, like family like wants to come over and like they want to act like they're helpful. It's like, okay, well actually let's give them an opportunity to actually be helpful and even like friends and stuff. So I love that idea. A lot of my clients, instead of doing baby moons or baby shower, like right before their due date, they'll do like you were talking about the meal trains. They'll have all their girlfriends over. They'll prep a bunch of food and then they freeze those meals. I feel like that's probably one of the best things you can do so that, I mean, if we think about like breastfeeding and everything and replenishing those depletions to help you recover postpartum. Definitely. And so many of the foods that you are going to be so nourishing for you are ironically, really easy to do freezer meal. It kind of kills you birds with one stone because you're nourishing yourself physically, but also nourishing yourself emotionally, not having to worry about, you know, I'm starving and you go into the kitchen, you have like one hand and you don't know what the heck you're going to eat. It takes a lot off of your plate and you have to just get really comfortable. I mean, I know I did and it was uncomfortable for me to learn how to ask for that and how to, even when people didn't ask, people just saying like, hey, is it okay if I come and see the baby? And just saying like, yeah, as long as you pick up X, Y, and Z. (laughs) We really need paper towels. I really need diapers. I really need whatever the case is. I remember sending my my poor mom like all over the place for a sits bath. You just have to get comfortable. And of course, like the people that you want to ask those things of, (laughs) you can't do it alone. You have to kind of create your own village. Yeah, and I think that's an important point is like we are not designed to do this alone. Then if you factor in, I think social media is a component of that and seeing everyone else's postpartum journey, it's like, you got to just put the phone away and think about like, what do you want that fourth trimester to look like for yourself? Just like anything else, trying to envision that. Cause I like, for me, that's how I plan stuff is like, well, how do I want this to go? And then you can kind of reverse engineer. If you do that, you might realize, Oh, I actually need a lot more help than I had originally thought. And that's good because then you can try to plan for it. Exactly. And I think on the flip side, many women do set up their physical things. Like I know I got like lots of the supplies and like I had that stuff. But I think a lot of women are like, hey, I'm cool there, but I need support in other ways. Like I needed a friend to come over and just like talk with me about non-baby stuff or like I needed that more evolved support. Like I'm like, I'm good with the basic stuff, but I need time by myself. I need to get outside. I need to like take care of me on a deeper level. And so I think the fact that we're normalizing a lot of this stuff is important because it makes women more aware of the fact that your needs are going to be so varied and that it's okay to ask for help for whatever the heck you might need to support yourself. Did you have other friends that were also having kids or that recently had kids? Like, how did you kind of create that support network? It was really hard. And I mean, I think timing for me played a huge role because I had Henry like three months before the world shut down. I did have two of my best friends had either one of them had a baby, I think nine months before, and one had a baby a few weeks before. And then my, both of my sister-in-laws were pregnant at the same time. So I had moms around me so I could reach out and ask questions and like definitely had close friends that I could call and vent to. I think it was tough because I didn't have that in-person support as much as I had needed. Honestly, as evil and terrible as it can be sometimes, I found a lot of support in social media in meeting other women that were going through, especially like struggles that I personally had making those connections with other women that were going through the same stuff because that was important. I've met so many people on social media in real life now, like other dietitians and nutritionists and obviously Emily and the nutritionist that works with me. I think it could bring a lot of positives into your life. You just want to use it. 
the right way. Definitely. Yeah, I've created some amazing relationships and women that I am very close with all through social media and like especially the journey of pregnancy and postpartum. It's something about going through something so challenging together helps to bond you and create that relationship that you know, I still have other people in my life who I'm able to reach out to, but they just aren't in the same spot. So they might not, you know, understand it or have the capacity to help me. Yeah. I think that's the hard thing. It's like, they're probably the good people to talk to for the non-baby stuff to get that like friend time, brain break time from baby things and to kind of feel like yourself again. But when you're looking for help with this specific, like, hey, like I'm really struggling with this. It's kind of like, ooh, that is rough. And I feel like so bad, but I don't know how to help you. So I can totally see that. What do you think are the most important things to consider when it comes to like nutrition and replenishing your body postpartum? I think obviously there has to be a major focus on nutrient density of the foods that you're eating and replenishing a lot of those key nutrients that we talked about magnesium, sodium, potassium, real vitamin A. Like I said, things that are healing and supportive postpartum, like bone broth and soups and stews and things like that, slow-cooked meats that are rich in collagen. I think that there's also a balance that needs to happen with the fact that you're probably going to be starving, especially if you're breastfeeding. Things aren't going to be perfect. And I am somebody who thoroughly believes that there needs to be joy in food. And I think that there absolutely is joy in eating super physically nourishing foods. But if there is something that you want something that's going to bring comfort that maybe isn't the most physically nourishing thing, there has to be some balance with that too. If there's something that might be a little bit more convenient other than, you know, the thing that's the quote unquote perfect choice, finding your balance of that, making sure that you're nourishing and replenishing your body physically, but also emotionally and mentally too, if that makes sense. And just really focusing on consistency, fueling yourself, creating that balance and nutrient density without that being an added layer of stress. Yeah. It's like, you don't have to be perfect. You know, even if you have some pretty big symptoms, maybe you have some big imbalances postpartum and you're not feeling great. I feel like people think whether it's like postpartum pregnancy, just your hormones in general, people think you have to be perfect to like fix a lot of that stuff, but you really don't. Yeah. And I think like for many women, especially those of us, myself included, that come from a history of dieting or restriction and being so obsessive about nutrition, It's not, it's like the last thing that you need postpartum. And I struggle with the fact that like postpartum nutrition as a whole, like mainstream is all focused on what diet you should go on. Uh, Even like, you know, nutrition so specific for breastfeeding only or how to lose the baby weight fast. And it's just extremely frustrating because it doesn't honor the fact that like we need such deep, deep, deep nourishment for ourselves, for our physical health and our mental health. And we don't need those added layers, like I said, of stress on our brains and our body. Especially with the whole weight loss component. I feel like that's a lot of people's first focus is wanting to lose weight. I get a lot of women, I'm curious if you do, that before, so they have pregnancy goals, they have conception goals, but they're like, I want to lose weight first. And I'm like, is this what we should be focused? Should we stress your body out and create a catabolic state? When, which just means you're breaking things down and using them for energy. And obviously that's increasing your needs for magnesium, sodium, potassium, things a lot of women are already depleted in and then try to conceive. It's like, that's in my mind, I'm like, this is like the opposite of what we want to do. No, that it doesn't make sense. And I think that that's a big narrative that we have to get across. It's like your body has to be nourished and feel safe and your weight, it, it's, it sucks because it is such a, 
I've found myself and I've found with women that I work with, like postpartum, it's one of those things that maybe you don't really care about a number if you've, you know, gotten past that, but it's part of feeling like you again, right? Like there's so many things that change how you feel in your body. And it's part of the reason, like, I want to get back to a place where I feel like myself again. But if it's at the expense of things that you're already suffering with, and you're not, you're, you might get to that weight, but you're not going to feel good. And so if we can kind of reverse that focus and get you feeling good and nourished and things back in balance and supporting your, your thyroid and your adrenal function and your hormones as a whole, it makes that journey a lot easier. Although the timeline and the trajectory of it just might be a little bit different. And I've, I've totally experienced that for myself. Um, it's, it's tough, but it's just, again, a shifted narrative that is much more nourishing and supportive for moms. And just recognizing that like, you have to understand what is healthy for you. You know, it's because like someone might lose a bunch of weight right after, but like they probably have completely different like specifics within their health, their hormones, how they entered pregnancy, how their pregnancy went, how they were able to eat during pregnancy. It's really going to depend on that person. I would say like if someone's really struggling with weight and stuff, whether it is postpartum or at any in any season of your life, I challenge you to think about like, why does the weight matter? Why does that number impact you so much? If you could resolve all of your symptoms and feel absolutely amazing, but not change your weight, would you be happy? You know, and it because a lot of it's just like there's weight stigma, there's fat phobia, and it steals joy and health from a lot of people because they're chasing this number that really doesn't mean anything. And that's why I'm so happy that I like learned about tracking certain things prior to pregnancy. And I can even look back, like I can look back now on like my temps from now to before, and I can look at my periods and all these things, and it's like really amazing to see that like the exterior, it doesn't really tell you much. It's, and it's such a hard thing to come by because I think particularly women that are planning pregnancy, like, you know, you're going to gain weight when you're pregnant and when women are scared of that. And that's part of, you know, what I talk about or talked about a lot when I was pregnant on, on social media was this, like, you're really met with these body image issues, maybe they've stirred up from the past or maybe they're brand new, but it, it can be really unsettling because of the way that our society does view weight and weight gain. And I remember people ask me during pregnancy how much weight I gain. I'm like, what does that matter? Like, this is crazy. Very strange question. Super strange question. I'm like, how am I feeling? Like anything else? Um, and we measure the success of moms postpartum by how quickly, like how many times do people congratulate women for getting back in their pre-pregnancy genes. It's, it's crazy. And it's not any fault of ours that we're so influenced by what the narrative and what society tells us is, is healthy and successful. And like, oh, wow, look at you. You're super mom. First of all, who wears jeans? <laughs> That's like my first comment to that. No, I'm kidding. I like sometimes I wear real clothes, but it's like, they're always like loose, flowy skirts and dresses. Very cozy. Um, That's really funny. But yeah, I, I think the weight piece is hard. And I, that's like one of those mental, emotional stressors, right? That that's happening in that postpartum time. Like not only maybe you not be sleeping exactly like you want, you're kind of adjusting to this new lifestyle, this new baby that's constantly changing and needs are always changing. We're going to get into breastfeeding. I feel like we should cover that in the live. Absolutely. I think that'd be good. Yeah. So Kim and I are going to do an Instagram live the day after this episode comes out because I feel like there's so much to kind of cover, but that was a big part 
of your journey. I remember we've had many conversations about it. I think that's going to be really helpful for people. But I think ending this on the note of like, you know, postpartum is challenging. And I think it's it's not a bad thing. You can prepare yourself for it. So if you were going to give anyone advice on like how to get started with preparing for that fourth trimester, what would it be? Starting to prepare for that fourth trimester, I think, you know, really just starting with, I like how you noted, like, how do you want this to go? I like to think of how do I want to feel? And I think that there is this image of like, new moms being so exhausted and depleted and stressed and doing everything for everyone else. I think, I I call bullshit. Like, I don't want to feel like that. And then figuring out exactly what you're going to need to get yourself to feeling that way and not feeling judgment around it and allowing that to change if it needs to when you get to postpartum. I think that is a big aspect. So do what you need to do to prepare, but then when you're in it, be okay with doing things if it's not the way you planned, even if it's not, you know, what you wanted, if it's not what everyone else is doing, really getting in tune to that voice inside. What exactly do you need and communicate those needs and advocate for those needs and don't be ashamed if you need help meeting them. I love that. And and just eat food, okay? <laughs> just eat. eat food, eat a lot of food. Don't judge your hunger. It's going to be nuts. It's going I remember after like the first few days I'm like what is going on? I've never felt so hungry before in my life. Other than when I used to do like Spartan races and like afterwards, it was like, give me all the food. It's wild. It's so wild. And that's what your body needs and your body is calling to you. And you've got to honor yourself. You're, you're so used to taking care of this new baby, but you're new. <laughs> you're changed. You're a new person. You have to get to know yourself and really, really take care of yourself in those first few weeks, especially. I love that. Get to know yourself again. I feel like that's a really good piece of advice in general, like for that time period, like of course the nutrition, prepping for that, making sure you've got enough food on hand, like have freezer meals, have communication with your partner if they're in the picture and about like what your needs are, but also like taking that time to reflect because I think people feel like they lose themselves in that process, but it's typically because we're like constantly doing and going, going, going. Postpartum is such a beautiful opportunity. It really is. Like I have learned more about myself. I have had more opportunities to explore things, to let go of pieces of me and adopt new things. Like it is such an awesome opportunity, really cultivate not just like your health and your body and how you feel, but like cultivating this life and understanding like this is not priority anymore. Letting that go. This person may be not, you know, fitting into my life anymore. Being able to let go and move on and like break through all that, all that stuff. And like you said, just getting to know yourself and being okay with all that. I love that. I think that's really solid advice. That's why I love everything that you share about pregnancy and postpartum because you always work in that component of that mental health aspect and stress. And it's so easy to want to hyper-focus on food. And obviously, like, I'm always talking about, like, food and eating enough because, like, I just feel like women don't eat enough and they're not really nourishing themselves, but they think that they are. And it's like, we could solve half your problems if we just did that. And then the other half is really that mental emotional aspect. So if you guys have enjoyed this episode and you want to hear more from Kim, definitely follow her at Root and Branch Nutrition. I'm going to share. She has a great postpartum guide as well that I'm going to link in the show notes. And then of course her website, which is rootandbranchnutrition.com. You have a few webinars, right? Yeah. I actually have a postpartum body image webinar that's been pretty popular and a few more in the works, uh, postpartum depletion and fourth trimester nutrition. So 
hopefully um, by the time this is out, I'll have at least one of those done. <laughs> I mean, the postpartum guide, I feel like, is pretty comprehensive, too. So, And everyone learns different ways. But yeah, Kim has a lot of great information out there. So definitely go check it out if you guys enjoyed this. And thanks for being here, Kim. I can't wait to chat breastfeeding when we do our live. Me too. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Are You Menstrual podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider leaving us a review and sharing the podcast with someone you think it will help. If you are new here, we can't recommend enough to start with our mineral imbalance quiz. This is going to give you an idea if you are at low, moderate, or high risk for mineral imbalances. And then of course, make sure you follow us on Instagram at Hormone Healing RD and consider signing up for our newsletter. If you like nerding out and you are just loving these podcasts, but maybe you're a little bit more visual and you want to see things too, we go into a ton of detail in our weekly newsletter. So we would love to have you join us there. All right. Thank you. And we will see you in the next episode.